0: The following program was paid for by the Bianchi Law Group, LLC. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMTR. As always, it is advisable to consult a professional before making a major decision. Robert A. Bianchi Esquire and David J. Bruno Esquire are New Jersey Supreme Court-certified criminal trial attorneys of the Bianchi Law Group, LLC, handling criminal defense, domestic violence, and municipal court cases with a team of former prosecutors who fight the government when they charge their clients with crimes. 8 Campus Drive, Suite 105, Parsippany, New Jersey, 07054, 862-210-8570. So you've come here for the truth. Well, we've got the truth and nothing but the truth. Two of New Jersey's well-known former prosecutors bring you real-life encounters and candid conversations from thought-provoking guests ranging from all walks of life. Here you will find how today's thought leaders in their industries face immense challenges and adversities with captivating stories ending in personal triumph and ultimate success. Come here for the truth and to know your most important rights, the right to live a fulfilled life, and your right to be your own success. Here are your hosts, Robert A. Bianchi and David J. Bruno. Welcome to WMTR
1: Radio's Nothing But The Truth with your host Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno, two attorneys that have a show that talk nothing about the law. It's about mindset every Saturday at 1030. Dave, we got an awesome guest and good friend.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Good. Why don't you introduce Mayor Barbario. who's here with
1: us and he's uh, the mayor of Parsippany, New Jersey. Uh, he, I first ran into the mayor when I became prosecutor, and uh, we had started a community affairs unit and uh, also with an intelligence unit, and, and those units were really producing a lot of great things. We were out in the community, but it was a slow thing to start because this was not considered a traditional law enforcement thing. And one thing I always got to say about you, Mr. Mayor, is that you were the first uh, mayor and the first town that really embraced what it was that we were doing, and then other people started seeing what we were doing in Parsippany, and they were like, how come you're not doing that over in our town? And yeah. that is in truth how our yeah. community affairs unit blew up the way it is. So yeah. welcome to the show, Mayor.
3: Well, thank you, Bob and um, Mr. Bruno. Yeah. I'm, I'm honored to be here, I'm, I'm, and I will say this. I was very impressed when you became the prosecutor with the whole program that you had. In fact, you made me, I think, the first Italian-American man in the year um, at the prosecutor's office, and I was really um, honored <coughs> for that because, you know, I take my heritage... Um, um, not lightly. I love the fact that I'm Italian American, but also love the fact that I got to work with you on those years as prosecutor. You were a great prosecutor, and when you weren't the prosecutor, I was kind of depressed because <laughs> I truly got to work with a gentleman, and that's what's more important. Um, so I, I'm honored to be on the show, like I said. So
1: yeah, I appreciate that, Mayor, <clears throat> and it really was. Uh, I, you know, I think for me, one of the hardest things about lo- losing that out on that job was that. We were making such an impact in the community, you and me yeah. and and those people. And that's why we started the community affairs unit at the Bianchi Law Group, because it was something I didn't want to see go away. But I want to talk about something that I found uh, about you that I liked. I found you to be real when there were law enforcement issues that we had to address in Parsippany. Um, I felt that you always spoke to me candidly and operate it with integrity. And I know that that's the way you are now. Just before we went on the show, I called you a unicorn. You're, right. In other words, you're, you're kind of a unique person because it was never about politics with you. It was about getting the job done. How do you survive in this hyper-partisan world we live in all, 10 years later now?
3: Well, it's, it's funny you say that. When I, when I became, uh, well, as you know, I lost in 2017 for mayor. So um, I've learned one thing about losing you can't stay angry. you got to move forward. Because my father used to say to me that if you hold a grudge, you are going to be down there with the individuals. So I lost. And I wanted to get back so bad that I decided to run again in 2021. And I won. But the, one of the first things I said when I became the mayor again, I said, listen, I'm going to be very candid with everybody. I said it at a meeting. If you're a Republican and you attack me, I'm going to attack you back. If you're a Democrat and you attack me, I'm going to attack you back. And the reason why I said that is because in local government, there really should be no parties. Mm -hmm. It's about the people. It's about the residents, not about party. Of course, when you run for office, it's about party. You have to choose a party. And, you know, I I align mostly with the Republican Party, um, and that's why I chose the Republican Party. Pretty much when Ronald Reagan became president, that's when I pretty much became a a Republican. But I survived because I'm with the people. And they've known me. I've been in Parsippany since I'm four years old. Um, And a lot of the seniors actually know me very well. But the residents know me. I go to every type of event I can go to because I love the town. I go to tricky trades. I go to PTA, like tricky trades. I go to the baseball games, the football games, the soccer. I'm involved in my community. Why? Because I am the community. I'm part of the community. I've been since I'm four years old. And I love the people. And that's how I survive.
1: Yeah. So that was interesting, though, uh, about you is that we were talking about this off uh, camera as well. Uh, Me and you both kind of laughed at the idea that when, uh, as a prosecutor, you're not a politician, but you come through a political system nevertheless to be there. And um, the people would ask you, like, well, how many Democrats did you hire versus Republicans? Yeah. And we were laughing about that. I'm like, I, I, we don't ask people what their political party It's hard right. enough to find talent. Right. But as a mayor, that's a little bit more difficult because you have people that support you and give you money and things of that nature. You survive right. on that. Yet you found a way to pick what you believe to be the best person irrespective of part, of party. Talk to us right. about that. And it's
3: that's, that's funny to say <laughs> that because I just um, I had a situation in town where I was choosing a new business administrator. Um although I am a business administrator, it's hard to to be both running a town the size of Parsippany. So I, even, I interviewed a lot of individuals and then I came across the person that I finally hired. Um, I, was, I was so impressed with the person um, and I knew the person was a Democrat. It, it, you know I knew that ahead of time. but I realized that this person knows a lot more than I know and that's who you want. You want the best qualified individual to run run the town with you. And I hired him, and um, I got the support of the council. It was shaky in the beginning, but I got the support of the council. I convinced the council this is the guy for the township, hmm. and I got to tell you something. Um, i can like to say his name, Jamie Cryan, and he's doing a great job uh, in Parsippany. And you, I can't imagine if you decided to just hire uh, one party to another party, you'd be missing out on some individuals that are fantastic, and they can help you run a community because the position – BA is not a political position, and that's all. Business I, administrator. Right, business right. administrator, yeah. It's not a, it's not a political position. I, I just wanted the best person, and I got the best person, I felt.
1: You know, that that's, uh, Dave, we talk about that all the time. Surrounding yourself by the best people, irrespective of what right. who they are, where they come from, not only makes the mayor's job easier, it's the best thing for the citizens, and I find it refreshing, because you don't see that a lot with political people.
2: Without a doubt. I mean, mayor, you, you are the mayor right now of Parsippany, but there was that four-year break, right? You were the mayor before, then there's a little break, four years, and then you get back into the seat. So with that
3: four-year break, what did you learn that made you a better mayor from that process? Well, what happened was I went to the Rutgers class and I uh, became a Township Administrator. I took the classes, I got certified, and I learned a lot then. That's when I really learned that how government truly runs. And and I realized that, hey, listen, I, what I know now, I made some mistakes in the past. And I said, I'm not making those mistakes again that I have the knowledge. Because when you're a mayor or you're an elected official, you think you can just go in there and just be the boss. Well, that's not what it was about. I mean, I remember when I became the mayor in 2010, um, I could have went in there and swept the whole entire township out. I, I kept everybody. It, I, didn't, I didn't fire anybody. I learned, and that was a good lesson for me because mm-hmm. I wanted to have continuity and I needed that because I was a freshman, as you would say, as a mayor. I walked into office. I remember shutting the door. I'm like, what the heck am I doing? And then I realized I needed those people, Democrat or Republican, because they were running the town prior to when I was there, and I kept them all. So now I am a business administrator, so I know exactly how to get certain grants. I know um, human resource. I know insurance. I know all that stuff that I didn't know before. Mm. And these are the things that actually run the town. Uh, Insurance rates, you have to find out. What type of, so why your health benefits are going up? What type of uh, pre- prescription plan? Well, I, that was a savior for me. I negotiated one, two, three, four, five contracts, PBA contracts, SOA, blue collar. So now I was seasoned to come back um, mm-hmm. and I felt very confident. And when I was running for mayor this time around, I felt my opponent was no way could, could challenge me on any of the issues when it came to budgetary items and stuff like that and I wow. felt very confident. And I wasn't overconfident because you don't want to, you don't want everyone to get that way. Before we started, you made a
2: comment that
3: knowledge brings confidence. Yep. That's can you
2: explain it. that? and, and Yes, um, I
3: can. I always thought that, you know, when I was the mayor the last time, that what I say goes, well, it is kind of true. That's what happens. Uh, but I'm also a proponent that don't tell me what I want to hear, tell me what I need to hear. So when I got all that knowledge of being a business administrator, the knowledge gave me the confidence. I mean, at most of the council meetings, I do all the, pretty much all the speaking, um, unless I say to the business minister, you know, I would like you to answer that, such and such, but I answer all the questions. Every single resident's question, I answer them, because I can now. At one point, it was very difficult to answer them. I, I In fact, it's so, it's so. Like you say that, I pretty much know, I can go to the, the our order book, and I know page 34 is sewer, and you get so good at it that you realize, okay, and and not only that, you get to see things ahead of time. Like you can forecast in your own head on the budget that, oh, I should have maybe budgeted it this way because we're gonna we might be in trouble. So I can I can see that I couldn't see that before.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah, and budgets could be uh, easily massaged and manipulated. Yes. Um, but you, you also had to make tough decisions and had to talk to your constituency after you got elected back into office again and deliver some what politicians would think would be bad medicine that should never be spoken out of the lips of a politician, but you told them what it was, you were direct, and um, and you've turned things around from a fiscal perspective. Can you talk to us about that? Yes.
3: Um, when when I <coughs> left as mayor, we the township had a, a, all surpluses, current fund, sewer, utility, water, and golf, $23 million in total surplus. I came back in 22, there was none left, pretty much. So I realized one thing. I came back $8 million in a hole from the previous administration. And I'm going to say some of that was COVID. Don't get me wrong. But that's that's a big nut to carry because when you're half of the million to hold, there's only one way out. Mm-hmm. You can't cut your way to prosperity because then you're cutting services mm. drastically. And a perfect example would be in order for us to get this to the 2%, you'd have to lay off 150 employees. We were already down in the police department. When I left, there was 103 police officers. Now we only had 81 deployable when I got back in. So we had to beef that up. Crime was picking up in Parsippany because we didn't have enough manpower. So first thing I said to the residents, and I said it when I was running because I forecast it, I saw it. I said, whoever the mayor, whoever wins, pain's going to come. Um, and there's no way out of it. There's only one way out of the mess we're in, and that's through increasing the tax levy. And, and I had explained to the residents, I did a really good job, I think, explaining it. The tax levy increase was 14.63%. But that was not the tax increase. The rate became 3.1% because there's a lot of criteria that goes into the county, schools, and all that kind of stuff. So their taxes leveled. Mm-hmm. That gave us a 3.1% tax increase. The levy, all the levy means is that that's how much your budget increased from one year to the other. But now the tax rate gets in there. So the budget and the levy increased 14.63%. I was very honest with the residents. I told them that is the only way out. And if we don't do this, we're never gonna catch up. Surpluses will never be mounted. So we did it, and this year um, Moody Standard & Poor kept our bond rating, they were very impressed at the way the township responded financially. Mm. We had, I think, a total now of 16 million in surpluses. And the reason why you want the surplus, is because you don't want your bond rating to go down. Because mm-hmm. right now, with the rates going up, your, your buying power gets weaker. And, of course, we have a supply chain demand that's shrinking. We can't get workers. We couldn't get all that. And this year we delivered a 3.57 tax levy increase and only a 2.5% uh, t- tax increase. So it worked. Well, that's what happens when you
1: learn from your experience that you, you, uh, Dave, you don't just stay stagnant. Right. You grow and you're honest. And on that note, we're going to take a break. This is WMTR Radio. It's nothing about the truth. Bob Yankee, Dave Bruno. We'll be right back.
2: At the Bianchi Law Group, our team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys specialize in criminal defense and domestic violence cases. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group
1: today. Welcome back to WMTR Radio. It's nothing but the truth about Bob Bianchi, Dave Bruno. Mayor, um, so, so impressive. Uh, during that four-year period, not only did you reinvent yourself, essentially, and I really respect that because we're always learning, and, and the people that are a problem are the ones that think that they've got it it, and they don't need any more education or information and life changes, and, and yeah. so does your need for an information base. Um, So we've talked about your integrity. We've talked about your telling the truth and telling it like it is. We've talked about your success and how you're turning around that budget. Tell me about you as a person. What drives you to be the man that you are? Because they're very unique skill sets that uh, we don't see a lot in politicians today. Well,
3: and it's funny. I I tell the story, and it's a true story. When I was at Pachypon Hills High School, I had a teacher named Stephen Marabetti. He was a deacon at St. Joseph's Roman Catholic Church. He was my history teacher, and he was mayor of Lincoln Park. So... When I was in high school, I said to him, Mr. Mayor Betty, I don't know who I'm going to marry, but whoever I marry, you're going to perform the ceremony, you're going to baptize my children, and I'm not going to be a deacon, but I'm going to be mayor of one day. That was in 1979 I said that. Hmm. And then years later, he married my wife and I, he baptized my children, he blessed my house, and I became the mayor in 2010. He remembered that. He remembered me saying that to him. I always had that drive to, to be in in with the community. It was always there for me at a young age. I, you know, we had a lot of hardships in my family. You know, at the age of nine, my ten-year-old brother passed away of a brain tumor. I became the only son of my family. I, you know, this all happened in Parsippany. so a lot of a lot of the focus was on community because we had a lot of community and people, you know, advised my mother, helped my mother out, and my family out, and it was a tough time. Um, but I still had that drive. And I remember saying to all my friends, I'm going to be mayor of Parsippany one day. Now the the tough part was I ran in 2005 and we had a three-way primary and I lost by like one or two points. And I remember how upset I was, but I learned from it. I learned one thing, I was overconfident. And when you get overconfident, that's when you're making mistakes. I thought, because I grew up in Parsippany, people would vote for me because I grew up in Parsippany. Well, it doesn't work that way. Mm. People think with their wallets. And they also think, what, you know, what are you going to do? And I didn't have the answers then. Hmm. But as time went on, I went and I got the answers. And, and and all along, the answers are always integrity, being honest, being truthful. I mean, when, when people say to me, you know, you know, they want to contribute or something, all I guarantee them is good government. Hmm. That's all you're going to get with me, good government. And if, if I think something that works out, I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. I'll try it.
1: But... That's, it's, it's funny I, I want to interrupt you it's funny you say that because my father always used to say to me if anybody asks you to promise anything promise them good government that's, that's it it's really amazing that's all yeah. you can
3: do is promise them good government and you know I, I gotta tell you I had when 2017 I didn't agree with certain individuals on something and they worked hard against me and they were successful mm. um, they said to me the next time around you were upfront and honest with us we made a mistake and they came back this time and they supported me so and and, and, and it Growing up in Parsippany was a great experience for me. I have many friends that I grew up with. I still have my five best friends that are here. And Parsippany has always been something that I, I knew I wanted to be. I wanted to run the town. But more importantly, I wanted to be with the people. I mean, I remember my first time in 2014. I played football for Parsippany Hills High School. We, we didn't really win much. But when they finally won the States in 2014, I think I was more excited than the kids were. We did a... a um, Prayed around town, you know, Mordicate, it was great. But I love being a part of the town and I love the fact that the residents trust me. I I, I
1: would just have to ask one area. Okay. Because i got to make sure we get it in. So I, I'd be remiss if I, I didn't bring up something that I, I know deeply about yourself. We're in a room right now with four guys that got a vow at the end of their name, not that there's anything wrong with not having a vow at the end of your name, but um, I, uh, jokingly, uh, it's, seriously, I should say, you are a very proud Italian-American, and you also are an active participant, not just a member of the Elder Sons and Daughters of Italy in America at a Parsippany, the Morris County Lodge, um, of which I'm the national president of that organization right now. So I know being Italian and growing up Italian and your culture and your roots mean a lot to you. Can you talk to us about that?
3: Yes, it does mean a lot. I came from a uh, family, I think I was one of 28 or 30 grandchildren. Um, my family uh my my mother my father's mother came from Italy. So uh and I think my grandfather came from Salerno, Italy. And my mother and father got got it's all started in Brooklyn, uh mm. from Brooklyn all the way to Boonton. Actually that's where the roots of my family are in Boonton. Sounds like a book from Brooklyn to Booton. Yeah, to Boonton. <laughs> and then my mother and father moved in uh, nineteen sixty four to Parsippany. Uh I think they knew I was gonna be the mayor, so they took the move then. <laughs> But yes, everything we did was family-oriented, and that's what I love about my heritage. And it just doesn't extend to your family, extends to other Italian-American families, and that's why when we get together, it's like your family. And that's what I love about being Italian-American. And not only that, we incorporate everybody into our family, if you're Italian or not. It doesn't matter. In Parsippany, we have a large Asian community, which you really enhanced a lot when you were the prosecutor. I treat them as if they're part of my family, and they mm-hmm. treat me as if I'm part of their family. And that's one of the values I learned about being Italian American, and that's what I loved about being Italian American because everything's centered. You know, let's face it: after church, where'd you go? Grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. And and if you didn't go, you were talked about. So exactly. <laughs> mm. like, but that's what's great, and I love well, I love the food. Let's face that, and I became a, and my mother. I, I gotta tell you, she taught me how to cook a lot of the Italian stuff, and to this day, I cook. I love Italian food, but the, her- the heritage is like, and like, you know, I have I have Italian state police come from Italy. Um, and over those years, I became friends with them. And the only mm-hmm. reason why I haven't been to Italy because I'm afraid to fly. <laughs> okay. So I haven't flown, and I, f- I wish I wasn't afraid because it would be nice to go to Italy. Yeah. And and I remember when you did the Italian-American, you know, what was great about it, when you were the prosecutor, you did it for Asian-Americans, mm-hmm. Italian-Americans, it didn't matter. You, it was great. But I remember when you did it for the Italian American. I was so honored that you, you know, and I still have that plaque.
1: Yeah, we had the I Stato was, di Polizia. With, yeah, that, with exactly. That, the I was so family. honored
3: because you're being recognized not only for being a mayor, you're being recognized for being a human, and that felt good.
1: You are, you, mm-hmm. you're, you're a very proud of your culture, and I know that you have an actual, uh, the, the Morse County Lodge, not that you run it, you're yeah, a member yeah. of it, is somewhat unique, Dave, because it's, it's one of the few all- Male lodges, in uh, certainly in the state of New Jersey and in the country, you have a kind of funny anecdotal story because you met my father. You yep. know my dad, yep. but
3: <laughs> you if you're my you were telling the story before. I think it's kind of funny, but the last part was the best part. And Mister Bianchi says, and that present happens to be my granddaughter. There was such a loud applause; it was amazing. <laughs> Everyone was clapping, <laughs> screaming, "Yay!" And you know why? Because they respected your father. Yeah, it was a great, res- you know, respect, and you know, it's like. And I got to say, our lodge is very active. Yeah. And I will say this about the Sons of Italy, and I can I'm, I'm participating. I we went through some really tough times with Hurricane Irene. We had um, 400 homes underwater in Lake Hiawatha. Hurricane Sandy. Um, food drives. Sons of Italy is amazing what they've done. Mm. And you know when I go around handing out gift cards this and that, thank you, Mayor. I said no, thanks, Sons of Italy. These guys are so committed to our community. And it doesn't matter if you're Italian or not. They uh, are amazing. I think that's what makes
1: a difference in your organization. I say it all the time yeah. as a national president, yeah. is that we are in your local communities making a, a, difference, a difference as opposed in, to the other organizations, many other
3: a, organizations. Amazing. I mean, they went around knocking on doors in Lake Kiwata. We all went around knocking on doors. People are out of their homes pretty much. Yeah, what can we do to help? We'll help clean up. We'll help do this. They give gift cards out. I mean, they gave over $4,000 in gift cards out mm. uh, for people so they can, and they did everything you can imagine. Yeah. And I was so proud of them. And I tell them that to this day. I tell them, you know, the former presidents and the president we have now, I said, I know if something happens to the Enforcement, I know where I can turn. Yeah,
1: beautiful. Thing. Sure,
3: look, I mean, you came into my orbit when I was an assistant prosecutor in the Morris
2: County Prosecutor's yeah. Office. And we've known each other a long time, too. And I'll tell you, every time I see you, you have a smile on your face. Yeah. You're in good spirits. Mm. You know, let's talk about that, because in this crazy world, and there's chaos and and crisis everywhere, how do you maintain that positivity?
3: Well, always out in public, I always say, if I can make somebody smile, I did my job for the day. But I'm not always smiling. I smile when I'm with the people, because you have to. But there's times when you deal with situations, believe it or not, you're crying. You're in your office crying all by yourself. Um, I've learned one thing about being mayor that you when they say you're lonely it's lonely at the top it's truly lonely at the top because there's only decisions that I can make I can't ask other people to make them I have to make certain decisions and one of the toughest decisions I I, I mean I remember um, we our budget was so tight that I was I I was going to to lay off people and this is 2011 and people had families I remember I was at a football game and one of the um, parents I mean one of the wives please don't lay my husband off because this is all we have. And I got really emotional. I didn't get emotional there, and I said, listen, I'll work it out somehow. I really didn't know how to work it out. I had no clue how to do it. I go to back to town hall, and I remember one of the police officers comes in, and, go, and I, he saw tears in my eye. He goes, and this is exactly what he said, we finally got a human as a mayor, hmm. and it made me feel good. I figured it out. And and how we did that was I had to use... um." $700,000 in surplus from sewer, bring it to the current fund. And what that did, it lowered the taxes 1%, and I was able to maintain our services. There was no way I could lay off nine police officers. Mm, yeah. mm. Now think about this now. Thank God I did it. A few months later, not a few months later, maybe five, six months later, Hurricane Irene hits. We would have never had the manpower to go down to Lower Lake Iowata and manage it. We not only did we manage it, we did a great job. We had our police intact, we had our DPW, and they helped everybody out. I smile because I'm happy all the time. I'm not going to lie to you. And don't get me wrong, you go through your trials and your errors, but when people see see the negativity in you, it breeds negativity. Mm. And I don't want to do that as a mayor. So I'm smiling, I'm out to events, and even sometimes I'm with my enemies, as they say, and I never, ever, I will never attack an enemy, or as they say, an enemy, or their family, I'll never do that, because they. If, if you're a father or you're a mother, I'm not gonna attack any, You know, they attacked mine, but I will never stoop that low, because that's not That's not me. I was raised by my father who, people say, who do you look up to? I always say my father. World War II veteran fought in three to, I think three major battles, never said a mean thing about anybody. My mother was a little bit different, she, she didn't talk bad about anybody, but she was, if she said jump 10 feet, I gave her 20. Mm. You know, because you know what? The whole idea is she lost her son. I get it. Yeah. And I never wanted to let her down. Mm. And all and <laughs> my sisters used to say the same thing. You're always smiling. Why is that? And I remember we had a baseball coach, Jack Mott, who was probably one of the greatest coaches in high school of all time. But he was a very strict coach. And when he would get on me, I would smile. So I'll never forget this. I'm a sophomore. I'll never forget the captain of the team, a senior, Steve Booth, comes up to me, he goes, uh, "Mr. Mount, once he's, he's upset, every time he yells at, him, he smiles. You smile." I said, Steve, I smile because I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, yeah, because he says he doesn't know what to do when you smile. I said, just tell him to be him. I don't know. I said, and that was it. You disarmed him with your smile. That's yeah, <laughs> exactly. unbelievable.
1: Mayor, at least we could talk to you forever,
3: but unfortunately the show is limited in time, but we hope you come back. Yeah, and I would love to come back. We can come back because I'm um, straightening up this town, and uh, i got to tell you this. I'm, I'm, I can't thank the residents enough for having confidence in me, and I think they realized um, those past four years were – And and, because during COVID, I'll be honest with you, I was in shop right every day. I'm social. Mm -hmm. You can't lock me in the house. It was almost impossible. And the residents, and even though I was out for four years, they still called me mayor for those four years I wasn't out and That's they right. kept saying when are you coming back
1: well in my book you'll always be mayor yeah, exactly. we got to end it ended here at WMTR Radio is nothing but the truth with Bob Bianchi Dave Bruno the radio show every Saturday at 10.30 Dave where can they get the podcast
2: Yeah, it's nothing but the truthpodcast.com. it's the landing page with all the videos of all of our great guests including the mayor and I'll tell you mayor thank you so much for coming here uh, you're in studio and our guests are not always in studio so we have a privilege today with you Um, Thank you for coming and thank you for your stories and love about the truth.
3: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. um, So it's an honor. You know, you guys are great guys and I love being around you. So thank you. In fact, I'm glad you're on Parsippany. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: That's a wrap. We're
2: the Bianchi Law Group, a team prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys right, but here's the thing he put himself in a box when he said my relied on did. by cnn fox news msnbc law and crime and news leaders across the country for our criminal defense expertise get a search warrant you have to have probable cause that a crime's been committed and there's evidence in a particular place when you need a law firm with courage compassion and the commitment to fight for you call the bianchi law group today